We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Dynasty Command Center Nation? This is Curtis Patrick. Before we get into episode 44, I just want to remind you, if you haven't already grabbed your copy of the Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide series, uh, hit pause and go do it now. Go over to rotoviz.com, go to the top of the homepage and hit 2020 Rookie Guide. For $14.99, you get all three issues of our Rookie Guide series. Right now, the pre-combine content is out. That's what Travis and I are going to be talking about in this episode. And then about seven to ten days after the NFL Combine, you'll get uh, issue two. And seven to ten days after the NFL Draft, you're going to get issue three. We're going to be with you all along the way as we get more and more information about these rookie prospects and make sure that you are making informed decisions in your rookie drafts, in your dynasty leagues, in your Debbie leagues, um, or even if you just read the stuff for fun. Uh, it's great content. We have amazing artwork with our partner, Sean Morris. And uh, I think this is the no-brainer of all no-brainers. Rotoviz.com, Dynasty Command Center, Rookie Guide. Okay, so we are in episode 44. We're going to talk about tier two rookie wide receivers. We've already talked extensively about how high we are on Jalen Rager. We've done it on this podcast. I've been uh, doing a road show. Travis has done some appearances. I mean, everyone has heard us talk plenty about Jalen Rager. So we're not going to include him in this in this tier or uh, in this episode because he's not a tier two guy for us. Um, the other guys we're not going to talk about today are Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. So those three are off the table. Who is the next tier of guys that has that big ceiling, the big upside? They have the production profile. They have some of the breakout age uh, and other data points that we look for 
and uh, guys that we should really be excited about in the middle to back half of round one in Dynasty Rookie Drafts. I'm going to kick it over to uh, the most trusted uh, co-host in the industry, Travis May. Who are we talking about today, man? The most. Man, I'm going to have to go down the list and see the other co-hosts. <laughs> I, I don't know. That puts me in some uh, solid solid company there, so thank you. But uh, uh, I would say, I mean, we, we're looking at, I mean, just looking at our rankings with, with the rookie guy. I mean, we've got LaVisca Chenault, Colorado, T. Higgins, Clemson, Justin Jefferson, LSU, uh, KJ Hamler, Penn State, and Henry Ruggs, Alabama. Uh, that's going to be the, the players that we talk about today. And the one player that we are just kind of, I guess, strategically leaving out of the, the mix that has been a, a top Debbie name and a top prospect, according to uh, uh, NFL Draft Twitter, I guess, and Fantasy Twitter, Tyler Johnson of Minnesota. We're going to leave him out of this tier for now just because we're a little you know still a little bit concerned that he's going to miss the uh, draft capital threshold of of being inside day two Um, and even though he has that 99th percentile type production profile uh, as far as you know breakout age and dominator and adjusted yards of team pass attempt everything you want to see from a production standpoint he's just not going to be somebody that we dwell on too much today but the other guys are going to be a lot of fun they're, I mean, they're very, very different players, different sizes, different wide receiver projected roles at the, at the next level. Uh, so just can't wait to dive into that. Uh, but before we do, I, I, I did just have a special Debbie uh, fantasy football episode and, and kind of talking about National Signing Day, some of the top incoming freshmen and other other top future NFL studs and playmakers. Uh, so I, I did... But what, what I realized is I, I didn't talk about any quarterbacks at all. And so it's time again for our betonline.ag Debbie Player of the Week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. DJ Yuangolele is the Debbie Player of the Week. And, and if you're if you're not uh, familiar with how to spell that, that's okay. Uh, but DJ Yuangolele is our Debbie Player of the week he was uh, a stud in in high school uh, you actually watched the netflix series uh, qb1 uh, you might have already seen him uh, he came in uh, in relief for real mitchell who ended up going to iowa state uh, he was this uh, huge quarterback i mean he's a monster he kind of looks like uh, young uh, cam newton really and and uh, it was kind of disappointing if you're watching the show you're like the star of the show struggles gets benched and eventually injured and you see this guy that they barely even feature uh, but he's just kind of tearing it up. And you're like, man, who is this guy? And then if you do any research, you realize, oh, wow, this this kid's got like a more than 10 to 1 interception ratio throughout high school. Uh, just add some rushing yards and, you know, having a half dozen rushing touchdowns uh, to boot with his ridiculous passing stats uh, every single year in high school. And then you come to, come to find later, I mean, unless you've been really following recruiting, you kind of find out, oh, wow, so this guy that was the backup for the star of the, the QB1 and Netflix show, ends up being you know the top-rated or second-rated quarterback in the 2020 and, uh, recruiting class for all of college football. Uh, and really, by by many people's standards, he could be the best player uh, in the class. I mean, when you look at 24/7 Sports, their personal ratings they did him ha- they did have him above uh, even Bryce Young at Alabama. Uh, who's supposed to be the answer for them at quarterback uh, post to Tango Bailoa. But Yuan Galele is going to have to wait because he's going to Clemson. So he's going to have to sit behind Trevor Lawrence. 
but I can't imagine that's going to hurt him to learn from really, debatably, the best quarterback in college football and the best college quarterback prospect uh, to come out of high school and potentially to come out into the pros that we've seen in recent memory. So he's going to have a chance to learn, uh, get some good playmakers developed around him, and then probably just, again, there's not going to be any break in the Clemson dominance after uh, Trevor Lawrence is gone. And DJ Yongolele, who, like I said, features to be like a Cam Newton that can pass even better, uh, that type of upside type player, uh, he he's probably going to be in, in the national championship in the college football playoff. You're, you're going to be able to see this guy play uh, a lot in prime time here very soon. So if you want to sound smart and, uh, you know, practice saying his name, it's DJ Yoangalele. And the N is kind of like a little little, uh, little silent there, but, uh, you know, kind of like Tua Tungabaloa. But, uh, yeah, keep uh, him, him and his name in your pocket uh, as you uh, get ready for the future of uh, college football and the future of quarterback play in the NFL, too. So that's it. That's our betonline.ag Debbie player of the week. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Let's, let's get into the meat of the episode here. We want to talk about um, the, this first trio, guys, LaVisca, Chenault, T. Higgins, and Jeff, Justin Jefferson. So um, three actually very different players um, and kind of different paths to upside in the NFL. Um, just referencing the Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide uh, and and how these guys came out and our balanced ranks from the team. Uh, looking at our top 60 and our tiers here, LaVisca Chenault checks in at uh, player number seven overall, followed by T. Higgins, and then uh, Jefferson uh, is just a half step below him um, down at the 1.11 spot. So Travis, um, LaVisca Chenault, kind of um, of these three guys, maybe more of the tumultuous uh, college path, right? So he didn't do much um, as a freshman, uh, broke out in 2018 with just that insane season. He had a 46% um, dominator rating, 86 uh, catches over a thousand yards, six receiving touchdowns. And then he added in five rushing touchdowns. I mean, this guy was kind of everywhere. It was like, if, if somebody uh, took Tyreek Hill and then just like made him 140% bigger, uh, he just, he was just <laughs> everywhere. And, and he's really fast for his size, too. And then in 2019, um, fell back down to earth a little bit, despite still having kind of the same uh, quarterback connection. Um, it just wasn't there for him, him as much. He still didn't manage a 28% dominator rating, so almost had kind of a, a back-to-back 30% breakout uh, threshold um, streak there to end, to end his career. But, you know, Colorado took a little bit of a step back, and, and he just fell off a little bit. So, um where are you at on Chenault versus the, the team? The team has him at seven. Is he the, the top guy out of these three for you? And is there anything interesting you'd want to add here? I think he could be. I think I want to see him. I want, I want to confirm what I, I believe is the case or possibly the case with his athletic profile, too. Uh, I think uh, some people uh, throughout college were a little bit worried about his uh, top end speed, his, his acceleration, or whatever you want to say. But I think a lot of those people I, I found after really charting more of his games is that. You know, he's actually got really elite wheels. So I, I want to see him just kind of wow some people, get a 4-4 something even at his size uh, in the 40 just to kind of fix his stock again uh, just by perception. Because um, I think a lot of people probably have Higgins. They probably have, you know, even Ruggs and, and maybe Jefferson, a few other people that, um, you know, we're going to talk about today above him right now by consensus. And I think right now I could wait a few picks in many cases just because 
when people break down his final season at Colorado and they're like, man, he wasn't even the wide receiver one on his own team. Uh, and you know, and you can get buried in that narrative, but, um, I think some people will just second guess him right now, but I think he's going to wow at the NFL combine. I, I think that there's, there's going to be great things to come for him. I think the whole process is going to be good. I think he's going to end up getting some top end draft capital, maybe back in around one, at least, you know, top, top 40, 50 picks. No, like no way he's going lower than that. So I think if he sees, um, the athletic profile that, that a lot of people are going to get hyped about and he, and he gets in that back into day one draft capital type type area. I think if I, if I'm believing in that projection, I think he probably is atop this, this tier for me, especially when you look at his uh, numbers, any way you, you want to slice him up, uh, his peak numbers, especially uh, when you adjust his yards per team pass attempt and things like that, he's got basically like an 80th percentile yards per team pass attempt numbers going on for his, his uh, big season, obviously, uh, two years ago, um, uh, Colorado just didn't score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, so his dominator could have really been uh, crazier uh, had he, um, you know, been given even a larger piece of the pie. And if we included, you know, the rushing touchdowns he mentioned. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to be excited about with Chenault, despite uh, the offensive woes. And uh, really, uh, he missed some games at times. And uh, I feel like it would have been great if he would have just had three consecutive seasons that we would have gotten to see him. But but still, I think you can't deny what he did in 2018. Uh, and I think he can do that in the pros too. Yeah, great, great overview. Um, I always like to kind of just cross-check. Uh, as you mentioned things like adjusted yards per team pass attempt, I like to kind of go back to your adjusted production index numbers, uh, API. Um, Travis came up with a, a great way. It's probably about... Uh, almost a year ago now, uh, yeah. he and uh, Blair Andrews over at Rotoviz um, kind of worked on this project. And LaVisca Chenault has a 70th percentile um, API. And, and, and I've got that piece. I've read that piece so many times. I know I think I think 60 uh, 60th percentile is kind yeah. of that barometer we're looking at um, to find the cohort of guys that are generally successful in the NFL as long as they get that day two or day one draft capital. So Chenault easily checks those boxes. Um, just talking about um, kind of the the lifeblood metrics for Rotoviz, um, you know his breakout age uh, is twenty, so he easily eclipses our our twenty one year old uh, threshold there. Uh, Sean is an early declare; he's a little bit older um, for an early declare. He is going to be an age twenty two rookie, not an age twenty one rookie. Um, but really checking all of those boxes, and of the three guys that we're talking about here, definitely the thickest player of the three, <laughs> still yeah. having the size, and so. Um, the, the, of these three guys, I think, he, you know, he could, depending on where he lands, he could be the prototypical X out of this group, but he also can be a move receiver. Um, I think he could be used, you know, in, in like the second half of Larry Fitzgerald's career type of role as well, where he gets some slot looks and, and does some dirty work and gets a chance to show off his yak ability. So a very, very interesting player. A versatile player. He is nursing an injury, actually kind of a rare injury, I guess. Um, something going on. Uh, it's, it's a groin injury, I think, actually to his pubic bone, and he may be a little bit imited, uh, limited at the NFL Combine. So we might have to wait for Pro Day to get all of the uh, stuff that we're looking for for LaVisca. But um, he's kind of a consensus round one projection as well by the media and some of the NFL draft experts. So lots to like here. Our team's um, clearly very high on him. Want to cut over to T. Higgins now. T. Higgins, this is this is probably of these three guys. This is like the Debbie Blue Chip guy that everyone's <laughs> known about 
uh, forever. You know, he's not a late riser. And uh, Higgins, totally different type of player. Um, he's a more of a rangy player. I think, you know, I, I kind of think stylistically a little bit, maybe more like an AJ Green. Um, and definitely has that size, does not have the BMI um, of a LaVisca Chenault. That, that is for sure. But um, these Clemson wide receivers, Travis, they seem to, to do pretty well in the NFL. Um, and and whatever, whatever they're feeding them, whatever they're teaching them in that wide receiver room seems to be transitioning to the NFL um, really well. Really well. So of these three, is, is Higgins your number two here? Or do you have Jefferson in front of him? And what else do the listeners need to know about T. Higgins? Yeah, I think uh, he's probably the two as of today uh, in this crew. And really, it's kind of like he could be um, up there. I mean, he, he could be above Chenault for sure. But I, I think looking back at you mentioned him being a blue chip player. Uh, you know, he was a, he was the you know the kind of top twenty, top thirty uh, type player in the country, five star, four star, depending on what you're checking out. I mean, he uh, com- coming into college, he was supposed to be the the top guy, one one of the best receiving threats in the country going into you know wide receiver university, uh, and you know obviously right at the beginning, he didn't uh, blow up, I guess, because I mean he would. He had a couple other guys that were NFL caliber. They're not early round guys. And so a lot of people may be concerned that he couldn't get on the field and dominate right away as a true freshman. Uh, but, you know, at that time, I mean, they still had Hunter Renfro, Deion Kane, Ray Ray McLeod, all three, all three guys that have made the way around some uh, NFL rosters and uh, just were kind of PPR underneath uh, threats. And uh, Higgins was, you know, he, he could stress the field and really immediately had a 20 yard percept per reception uh, tick on all of his receptions as a true freshman, but he only had 17 catches. So a lot of people, you know, cooled on him just because he didn't break out like a few other players did immediately in his class. But but neither did uh, you know Rugs or or Judy and some other top players either. And uh, they just had some other players that they had to kind of uh, fight with and compete with for for, for early career production. But when it uh, was all said and done, obviously Higgins became the, the alpha on that offense and uh, really even kind of stood out when you compare him to Justin Ross in this past year as well. Just being a scoring machine, 25 touchdowns in the past two seasons, just kind of blowing it up. He's got that six, four size. He's got, I mean, if you look at him, he's, he's a little, he's not uh, like you said, as thick as Chenault, but he's, he's still an alpha X wide receiver that can line up outside and body up any corner you want to put across from him. And at the same time, he doesn't have, the worst uh, production numbers. Uh, obviously, he was sharing uh, the the targets with some pretty good options, uh, but he also doesn't really have an elite production profile either. It's very very average when you look at uh, you know NFL drafted wide receivers. So uh, he doesn't fit in well that way. But I mean, draft capital cleans up a lot of our concern. I think he's locked in as well for top forty, top fifty uh, capital moving forward. So I'm not really that concerned with Higgins. Uh, not being uh, an early contributor at the next level. What about you? Um, what, yeah, I, I think he can definitely contribute um, primarily because, I mean, this this is just a guy that has has a nose for scoring touchdowns. If we look at yeah. the last two seasons, so when he's had the major role, we're talking about the, the college football 2018-2019 seasons, um, among power five receivers, T. Higgins is tied for first. With yeah. 25 touchdowns. I mean, it's uh, there's, there's there's three guys. It's T. Higgins, Tyler Johnson, C.D. Lamb. And, of course, of those three guys, we only expect Lamb and Higgins to get the round one draft capital. So that that's that's a way of 
uh, of looking at these guys. And if you look look at the stats, even, I mean, Higgins really does compare favorably with C.D. Lamb. And uh, I, I mean, it's 118 to 127 in favor of Lamb in in re- uh, receptions. Lamb's got him by 300 yards and change in receiving yards, 2,400, 2,100 and change. And they both have the 25 touchdowns. And, you know, you can argue that, uh, especially in 2019, that Higgins had, you know, better competition from from teammates uh, for those targets than Lamb. And so uh, I, I think it's definitely something to keep in mind um, with a lot of people having CeeDee Lamb as their consensus number one. Let's not forget about uh, a kind of a similar player um, with an equal ceiling and, and T Higgins. So, um, just to kind of go back to our, our, our breakout age and our early declare and rookie age, uh, conversation here, really like to hit these three things, uh, on every prospect and T Higgins, um, does check all the boxes. You mean age 21 rookie. We love to see that he was an early declare and broke out at age 20. And again, just like CD lamb. I think that's really interesting. So, um, let's let's kick it over to yet another different type of player, and you and I have had a couple conversations about this guy, and I'm really warming up to him more and more and more. Not only because of his amazing stats, but you've got me really intrigued with the idea of him being um, like a mega slot in the yeah. in the NFL, and it's Justin Jefferson um, out of LSU. You know, with Jamar Chase's uh, insane breakout and Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, there's so much to like about that Tiger offense last year. and But Justin Jefferson, is I mean, he's much better than like a me too type player. I mean, he has, <laughs> he has a great, a great uh, profile of his own. And let's just, let's just talk about his numbers for a second uh, before you hit, you know, some of the, the API and some of this context. I mean, so as a true sophomore an age 20 sophomore, 874 yards and six touchdowns. And that's in the, that's in the first year of the Joe Burrow experiment. It's before we get we get Brady in there as the passing game coordinator, before LSU exploded, right? And he yeah. throws up a 32% dominator rating uh, in his sophomore season. Then in 2019, 111 receptions for 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns. So his 24 touchdowns over the last two years, uh, I, I guess uh, we've got to say those other three guys are tied for first. So he would rank fourth among all Power 5 receivers and receiving touchdowns over the last two years. I mean, I think that that's a, a great stat and important stat. What do you have on Jefferson, Travis? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I really do like him as just the, the perfect NFL slot wide receiver. He's, he's tall, a little lanky. He's not like super thick, like a, like a normal, like a big slot would, would necessarily be, but he can dominate off the line. Uh, and and I, I don't know why, but teams more often than not would give him a clean release and just, give him free reign to get wide open on a post. And I, I don't know what what people were thinking ha- like first half of the season, uh, given that, I mean, the year before, he was already the wide receiver one uh, for for LSU. I mean, as a sophomore, and he, he was surrounded by a couple other four-star, five-star type talents, Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall, and he was still dominating the targets, dominating the, the yards, and, and was leading that offense. Uh, and again, did so this year. I think just where the NFL is and where uh, you know slot receivers are are getting their targets uh, in in this day and age. I mean, he's just going to eat up and be a PPR nightmare uh, immediately. Think about like a like a Jarvis Landry, but uh, you know, bigger, faster, probably smarter, and probably perhaps even a better route runner already. 
like that that kind of potential being installed into you know a, a high volume offense. I mean, it's all about the opportunity at the next level. But he's got the the tools. He's got the production profile. He's he's got all the things that you want to see, uh, and he's produced with some of the best players in the country along his side. So I'm not concerned about Justin Jefferson hitting at the next level at all. So he's he's maybe even slightly safer than than the other guys that we've talked about just because of what his role projects to be uh, in the NFL. And I believe if he gets the capital, and I, I do believe he will, uh, we're going to see a player that, that a lot of people are excited about uh, moving up draft boards and rookie draft boards here. And just, just because he wasn't the name to go to for a long time among uh, Debbie players and you know, in NFL draft next, even a year ago, doesn't mean that we can't get excited about his NFL future. But, uh, you know, Curtis, I, I do want to say a word before we jump into the next crew uh, about our, our sponsor, uh, Untuck It. Uh, because, I mean, have you ever seen an untucked like button down that just looked, you know, bad? I mean, why was that? I mean, it's just because they weren't meant to be worn that way. But thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt that's actually designed to be worn untucked. And no matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50-plus combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. And really, I mean, they they can fit my perfect, I almost said my perfect frame, but fit my frame perfectly just because I, I need to dress up with an untucked shirt with the, the right look, you know, for music industry stuff all the time. But they're just great for, for whatever purpose you want to use them for. I mean, you, you can choose from styles with like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And the website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to find, you know, that craft, that, that smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. So, Curtis, uh, who are the other two we're going to talk about before we sign off today? All right. So, we, we spent a little extra time on those top three guys, and I think it's because in the right situation, I, st- I actually think Chenault Higgins or Jefferson, they it is within their range of outcomes to be the wide receiver one for fantasy purposes out of this class. Like they're, they're, they're tier two for us, but it's, you know, it's like tier two or it's like tier one a really behind, you know, those other guys, these guys have good profiles, maybe just not quite as sound or didn't have quite the breakout age of, of, uh, uh, of our tier one guys. Now these last two that we're going to talk about, these are speed demons. And, um, I, I don't think it's appropriate to talk about them in the same tier as Chenault Higgins or Jefferson, um, at this time, but if all the stars align, either one of these guys could could prove to be just insane NFL weapons. So we're talking about KJ Hamler and Henry Ruggs. These guys are burners, um, but they have very different profiles, right? So KJ Hamler, um, as uh, uh, in 2018, had a 25% dominator rating, so kind of lowering that threshold down. Um, meets the the criteria that many in the industry use. You know, of course, we use that thirty percent uh, threshold, and he did hit that in twenty nineteen with Penn State thirty two percent dominator rating, had uh, nine hundred four receiving yards and eight touchdowns. Henry Ruggs never 
um, never sniffed those types of dominator uh, numbers. He actually Henry Ruggs actually uh, decreased his dominator score um, from his freshman to sophomore to junior year. And of course, he had a, a different level of competition amongst his teammates, but he went from 21 to 19 to 17. Um, never eclipsed 750 receiving yards. Um, it, you know, but I, I think the NFL scouts and the NFL draft Knicks seem to love rugs. And of the two, he's projected with higher draft capital right now. But let's just do a rapid fire heads up, Travis. Hamler versus rugs in your own dynasty rookie draft. Right now, and this is not going to be uh, a very popular uh, among most people, <laughs> but right now, I, I'm actually going to go with KJ Hamler. That, that would be the pick between those two. And I, I will say, KJ Hamler, one area of, of concern, I, I want to see him improve just from like a fail, film analysis standpoint, as I want to see him proactively attacking the ball rather than letting it come to him. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's over the middle. That's that's in the red zone at times. That's the one red flag that I, I don't like to see in my wide receivers. But uh, and you'll you'll hear people parrot that. Uh, I've seen other reps kind of uh, kind of like anal, analysts kind of repeat that uh, already. Um, but really, I think a lot of people haven't watched a bunch of Hamler just because he wasn't on Alabama and he wasn't that that you know, stud from the ground up that that was supposed to come in and dominate. It was supposed to come in and make it to the pros and supposed to come in and run a four, two, five. Whereas I really think Hamler's like right there with him on speed. So for me, it's Hamler. But, but what about you, man? Well, actually it's, it doesn't even really matter uh, what, what I have. I do have Hamler just like one spot above him in my rankings. But if you look yeah. in the dynasty command center, rookie guide across our team of five rankers, they're in the same tier, but we've got Hamler one spot above. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's really interesting. We've got Hamler yeah. at our 13 overall and Ruggs at 14 overall. Of course, this is pre-combine, pre-combine information. But I would say that all five of us um, do have some of our expected combine performance baked into these rankings a little bit. And that's probably why we are a little bit higher on Hamler maybe than consensus is we do expect him to to run very well. You know, he's a dynamic athlete, um, can contribute in, in a lot of different ways. We've probably... For better or worse, we've probably seen a more representative sample of what KJ Hamler can do on the football field than what Henry Ruggs can do, just because of Absolutely. their respect. Yeah, because of their respective roles, and so um, I do think Hamler's upside as a fantasy asset in the NFL is capped. Like I don't see a potential future wide receiver one here. Um, whereas I do think it's range of possible outcomes. While not likely, it is range of possible outcomes that Henry Ruggs. Um, has more to his game than what we've been able to see and um, could, you know, potentially be, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill 0.5. Um, and yeah. so I, I don't, yeah. you know, I, I'm not sure that he's quite on that level, but I think it's, we don't know that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, and so with, with, with Hamler, I, I really like the idea of him as a really effective and dynamic and electric wide receiver two on a team, whereas Ruggs, I'm just not, I'm not quite sure if he's a wide receiver three that's taken the top off or it could he even be a team's wide receiver one someday. And so I think that's just what you're balancing. I'm going to, I like leaning towards Hamler because he hits some of those metrics um, that are so important to us and yeah. have been predictive uh, over the course of time, but let's see what happens with the draft capital. And we'll come back to these guys certainly and touch on them again after the combine. So yeah. Travis looking forward to our next episode uh, or set of episodes. Who are some of the wide receivers we're going to hit in the next week or two?
yeah, I mean, we're going to look at guys like, I mean, ever since the Senior Bowl, KJ Hill has just been a hype machine. Uh, so a lot of people want to hear uh, his Oh, wait. Yeah, I, I can't even do that. I wish I could do it. <laughs> can't do it, man. But uh, Gabriel, <laughs> Gabriel Davis, uh, UCF, Michael Pittman Jr., USC, Brian Edwards, obviously, uh, there's been a lot of hype about him here recently. I think he could creep into the tiers that we've talked about today. Tyler Johnson, there's there's several other names, like Isaiah Hodgins. We're, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty on a lot of these guys, these productive guys, these bigger guys, these slot guys. I mean, we're just going to cover it from all the different angles that, that we can. Can't wait to share that. Really can't wait for the NFL Combine so we can just have a few more data points on all these players to help you kind of tackle your rookie drafts and uh, dynasty leagues. But until next time, keep living that dynasty life.